We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether it's the audio side, the, the video side here. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like it, that little bell notification really helps grow the show. Um, today is Thursday, and I am joined by, after a family vacation, man, in a jet lag, by the way, but he's here with us today, Aaron Quinn. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I, uh, yeah, I'm very tired. Um, we also normally don't do this on this day. We're switching up days. Right. This whole That's week weird. to me is shot. Like vacation was great, but coming back from vacation, is tough, man. And getting back into the swing of life. We had a long trip too. We left Hawaii at 5 PM on Sunday, got back here to Toronto at like 11 on Monday. Look at that picture. If you're watching on the YouTube side here. Uh, Got this from your Twitter, man. It looks like it was a good time. So for people listening and people watching who, um, you know, haven't heard from you in a week or so, Aaron sure. and, and family went on vacation. Where exactly did you go? Yeah, we were on Oahu uh, in Hawaii, brought the in-laws with us, um, made a big whole family vacation and just really blessed for that kind of opportunity to do that, man. I didn't like I wasn't really much of a person that traveled much. Um, right. until I got married, my wife enjoys doing it. So we try to make a point to take a bigger vacation every once in a while. Um, and that's where we'd like to put our money and it's not, uh, cheap and we were blessed to be able to, to have this opportunity. And if you can do it, I would encourage it, man. Pat, the first couple of days were rain. It didn't look like this, uh, for people that are watching the first couple of days and it was still gorgeous. It was like 80, you're driving through a jungle. There's like waterfalls coming off of volcanic rock. Like it's just a, yeah. it's a different place um on this earth and it's real cool and uh to get away from this buffalo weather I, I kept an eye on the weather i kept an eye on my ring i saw the ice storm happening i'm still ch chipping away ice i got back and had to just come chip it away i called my best friend in maine and was like dude what are we doing like there's paradises on earth that we can go live i love buffalo i do i like Seasonal living here depression coming back here Man, dude, I don't know. And now I'm seeing like March is supposed to be like a really cold, long, extended winter. They're coming up and that just seems to be more and more and more normal. I don't know, man. It's tough. You go you can go a whole six, eight weeks here in Buffalo and not really see the sun just get gray. That's what we got this year. We're just gray skies. And that's tough living, man. I think the Northeast is a bit of a um, we're interesting folk in the Northeast. We're a little bitter. We're a little jaded and all that stuff. And I think it's because we probably don't. I think there's a point of getting maybe too much sun and not getting enough. And we might not get enough. I agree. hundred percent. The five years I lived in Florida, man, I, I would miss Buffalo terribly. They come here in the summer. I love it, man. I, I couldn't get here fast enough, but used to come every year. We never didn't spend a Christmas in Buffalo with family. So we would come from Florida to Buffalo every Christmas. And I'm telling you, I'd get off the plane and I would almost instantly feel that seasonal depression man just cold and gloomy and the sun doesn't come out enough i i couldn't agree with you more by the way going back to uh your vacation i, I dug this picture up again if you're look watching this guy. on youtube look at this guy scuba aaron man <laughs> it, it does look like you had a a, a really good time man. yeah i uh i never had scuba dive 
in my life. Like right. I've had a scuba mask on in a pool or whatever, messing around, but I never got to do it. Um, and we, there's a beach there, Hawama beach. I probably butcher in it. Um, it's a nature preserve, so they don't allow fishing. They try to keep the coral reefs active, man. And you can, we paid like 25 bucks to get on the beach. It was actually kind of a windy, crummy day, but it's all protected. It's a big bay. You're basically snorkeling in the middle of an old volcano that erupted. It's a crater. Um, and it's full of life, dude. I saw all kinds of fish. I saw an eel. Like it was pretty wild experience. It's not something like I would never take up snorkeling as a hobby, but right. I checked off different bucket list things like that on this list. Not necessarily were on my bucket list I did with you, but getting to snorkel in waters like that was a really cool thing that I'm glad I have experienced. We went on a whale watch from our window. You could see whales coming up every night and blowing. It's just like you had this great view of the ocean. So we went and took a whale watch and do I swear to God, like 30 feet from the boat. I saw a giant humpback whale just come up out of the water, blow a big pot. Like that is a cool experience that I'm really glad that I, I didn't even think it was a bucket list thing, but after experiencing it, it's like, well, that's cool. I probably should have tried to do this or want to do this earlier. And so for me, that's what vacation is all about. And getting to experience that with my kids, with my family and sharing those memories and stuff. So it checked a lot of boxes uh, for a really nice time, but it's hard to, to do all that trip. And I felt losing out on like Bill's news doesn't stop and not being able to podcast here for a week. Like there's still that draw of like, Hey man, I'm missing out on some stuff, but uh, sure. overall super happy. got some sunshine, got sunburnt was happy to just lay out in the sun for a little bit uh, and, and now I'm back at it. And it seems like we got another eight weeks of this weather. Sure. Sell me on a vacation and, and let, let me put it to you this way. And this is a completely wrong point of view that I probably have had my entire life, but my attitude has always been like this sorts of vacation. I'm not going to get nosy. It, it's nobody's business. What it costs sure. the Quinn family to go on this vacation, but yes, I'm sure it wasn't. You said it's not cheap. No. I've always had this mindset that, when you go on a vacation somewhere, let's just say you go somewhere for four days, mm -hmm. four or five days. And it's like, you spend X amount of dollars, a lot of money. Oh, and I'm always like, well, in a week that's over with. And you could take that money. And this has been my mindset. And again, I I'm starting to realize this is the wrong mindset, but this has always been how I think. And I'm like, all right, man, I could take that money. And instead of going on a vacation for four or five days, and then it's over. Um, I could go buy a, big screen TV and surround sound to go with it. You know what I'm saying? All the money you spent on the vacation, you have something and you feel like, well, you know, I didn't go on a vacation, but now I have this to show for it every day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's for always sure. been my mindset, but I don't know, Aaron, is it like the, first of all, the memories that, that you make when you go on a vacation, I would think. Yeah. And also, you know, just the, uh, maybe recharging your batteries a little bit as well. Stuff like that, that makes it worth spending the money to go on a vacation, you know, having that family time, things like that. Yeah, I think one, I want to preface like, I'm, I'll never tell anyone how to spend their money, right? Um, sure. We all do some dumb stuff with it. We all have luxuries um, based on where we are at in life and what we can do. Um, we're in a spot where like, what we like to do with our money is take vacations. We take a big one every single year. We do two weeks back in Maine. Right. Um, we have family there. We have uh, so, We have some of our own property there. It's on the coast that's like a real big reset for both my wife and I, like, I don't, I work, I'm a stay at home dad and I work from home. I don't have a, a ton of stress. My wife has a high burnout rate job. It's a very high stress job. Sure. And so she likes to have a big reset. And so that's our place. We like to be by the ocean. I, we feel like the ocean is real calming, uh, centers us stuff like that. We're real kind of earthy hippie people a little bit in nature. And so those things are important to us. So that's where we invest our money. So I'll never tell anyone what to do with it. If, if that's not for you, I'm not going to tell you to do it. Um, in terms of vacations, though, I have gotten a lot of people be like, oh, like you must be rich going to Hawaii. Like one, all vacations are expensive. Like I, I really don't care where you're going unless it's like a very cheap hotel in a bad city. You're probably paying a couple hundred bucks a night to stay anywhere where there's like sure. warm water and nice stuff and or Disney resort, like wherever you're going to spend, it's all going to be expensive. So it's a matter to you of really what you're looking for. Um, and for us, Hawaii checks a ton of boxes in terms of we love nature, you get mountains, you get warm water, you get jungle, you get all this stuff, the very diverse, like kind of area within a small place. 
And it's just as expensive as going to the Caribbean islands or going to some resort in Mexico or something like that. Like all the, the flights actually kind of work out. We fly out of Toronto. We save money in certain spots. Um, my pitch to you for a vacation for me personally is it's the reset. It's getting away when I'm home, dude, I can't just relax. There's dishes to be done. There's laundry to be done. There's yard work to get done. There's some shit wrong with the house. There's always something shoveling, whatever it is on this vacation, man. I sat, I read by the pool. My kids just played at the pool. Like we weren't, you're not on a time crunch. It's like, Hey, we'll get dinner kind of whenever yeah. I don't have to make dinner. And we're going to go out and eat dinner. Even if it's just a few days, like not having those things, not having that responsibility. There's stresses that go along packing, getting ready, dragging my kids on planes. Like there's a bunch of also chaos and stress associated to it. But you kind of forget all of it for those small moments where you really do get to just be relaxed and reset in a place you want to be. Not that I don't want to be in Buffalo, but sometimes it's nice to get out of there and and just get your mind off of all the things that are at home and all the things that you got to do every single day. I think it's important. Um, you only get one trip around this rock, man. You don't know how long right. you're going to be on it. And it's, uh, we get caught in these grinds. We were talking, there's a little bit of a side thread with, uh, the rock power report and talking about the hustle and grind nature. And those people are like, oh, I work all the time. And that's cool. If that's for you, I'm not going to knock it. If you have crazy ambition and want to get somewhere, that's not me. Like I, I don't want to hustle and grind. I want to enjoy the ride and get out in nature and, and, and experience stuff. Um, but I know that the ride, the hustle and all that stuff is part of it. You got to do some of it, but I don't want to spend my whole life doing that. Cause man, if I have a heart attack in the next 10 years, I don't want to be, well, I just fucking ran at it and hustle and grinded and I'll get to all that other stuff later. Um, you might not get it later. Right. And that's a great point. I'm a, I've all these years we've been married. I've never went on a true family vacation. Like I said, we've done tons of things. We went to a bunch of places, but I've never like done a true family vacation i think we're going to do one this year i'm going to wait for the uh bill's schedule to come out and hopefully like depending on when the buy is if it could be like sometime in october maybe mm-hmm. we'll schedule something around that or if not maybe it'll do a week before the season i don't want to be Jamaica, gone or season, like the caribbean but... the caribbean in october is not bad because it's like it might be a little bad now the weather's changing but you get it's like right before hurricane season and the kids are in school so you can get some good deals on rooms and tickets and stuff there's good deals to be had and you can get a little bit of that warmth and stuff. I'm telling you, look in the Caribbean around October. All right. All right. All right. Well, so we're going to get into some Buffalo Bills talk in a few minutes here. Leslie Frazier, obviously uh big news that kind of came out of nowhere on a uh, Tuesday. You mentioned it. So we're in the March now. I, I don't know about you. February just kind of flew by for me. Um, we're taping this March 1st. This podcast is actually dropping on March 2nd though. But um, do you get into St. Patrick's Day? season like for me, this is like my month, man. It's right. my month because I see you're wearing like, all the green. I got you're, green you're on. It's, you see a lot of green on, on, on my body this month for uh, yeah. this podcast. Typically, March, besides being, you know, St. Patrick's season, I don't even call it day because there's a lot of stuff that I like to do in March. It's also typically when I start to feel like, all right, the end, you can see light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the shitty ass weather that's had me sick and freezing to death. All goddamn uh, winter long. By the way, unrelated or related, I should say. <clears throat> See, I'm coughing. I, I I can't get rid of this. There's been a cough going through my house for like I don't even know. Oh, it's so frustrating. It. Do you? I, I I put this on Facebook. I was talking to some people from Buffalo because I was gone for five years. I came back last year, and I remember last year I was like, "Holy shit, is it windy in Buffalo?" Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up here, Aaron. My whole life, I've lived here for except for five years. It's always been cold, and there's always snow and chill like in the winter. Yeah. But is it me? And you've been here long enough now. The last couple of years, does it seem like exceptionally windy to you? Yeah. Like, are we living in fucking Chicago or something? It's like, even when it's like in the 30s and it's like, you know, perfectly manageable. It's like the wind's got to be going 20 miles an hour to make it feel, you know, 10, 10 degrees colder. This yeah. the wind here has just been crazy for the last few years. Yeah, I agree. I've had more probably in the last three years. I've had more days where my weather app updates me with something that's like, 65 plus mile an hour winds expected where me and my neighbors are tying down crap on our front porch and putting stuff out, like making sure things are away. So they're not blown over mm-hmm. securing fences. I never did that prior to like, I mean, we had a couple real windy ones. So yeah, I agree with you there. The other thing that's weird to me, we're talking about March here is, um, so we're from Maine and in Maine, 
there is not a spring. You have mud season. Basically, it's like winter and then it thaws and everything's muddy. It's really like it's true that like you don't even want to pull over to the side of the road in spring because cars just get stuck. Like it's just wet. It's gray. It's gloomy till June. Like there is really no spring. And so when we moved here, we're like, you know, everyone made fun of the snow, but really the winter felt the same. But then we really had way earlier springs where it'd be like 65, 70 degrees, sunny, bright birds chirping flowers popping like er, pretty early for us like in march saint patty's day i when we first moved here there was like saint patty's day where people were out for the parade with like sweatshirts and shorts like in that sort of weather where like hey we're starting to hit over 50 degrees consistently and sunny i don't have data to back it up anytime i talk about weather there's a bunch of weather nerds on twitter that come in my mentions with like historical weather accurate data yeah i'm just telling you what it feels like <laughs> to me i've lived here about for about a decade now the first half of my living here i felt like spring popped really early you got those days where it was 50 and everyone in the neighborhoods out on their back porches and on their patios like ready for spring i've i don't feel like that exists until april nowadays i feel like the last few years, St. Patty's Day has been kind of cold and gloomy and not fantastic. Uh, and so I, I think the weather is changing uh, a little bit and that that popping early spring seems to be going away. I want it back, though, man. I want that stuff to pop up now for sure. Yeah. I um I remember last year, St. Patrick's Day, because a thing that myself and a shitload of our friends always do is go on a pub crawl on actual St. Patrick's Day. And I remember last year I was walking around in a T-shirt. It was absolutely uh gorgeous it, it was beautiful on saint patrick's day march 17th itself it was yeah, gorgeous, I don't man i was walking Dude, around I, the, to pubs it was literally in t-shirt and jeans comfortable as could be it was perfect. to answer your other question saint patty's day i just i don't celebrate it at all which is weird because i'm a quinn uh and i think people associate that name with being yeah. very irish i'm not actually that irish it's a very very small percentage um I do like, I used to like St. Patty's Day fine enough. I'm, I, my background originally is in the restaurant industry. St. Patty's Day sucks when you're in hospitality. Like <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. There's certain days, uh, New Year's sucks. It's amateur night. Like there's a couple of days and it ruins it for you a little bit for me for the rest of my life. I like, I hate green beer and all that stuff about it. <laughs> and, uh, and people just act a fool. But I, it is one of those things. When moving here and looking at Buffalo, uh, one thing that continued to pop up was uh, like some of the big events that they had. Dingus Day, like real unique to Buffalo. Uh, and then also the St. Patty's Day Parade being like one of the top three in the nation. I had mm. no idea. You always think of Chicago and you think of Boston if you're from uh, Maine. That's like a big place to go. I know a lot of people would go down there. But the Buffalo celebration is probably something I should experience at some point since I've lived here for a decade. There's a few Buffalo things that like I haven't really experienced. I feel like the St. Patty's day parade is maybe one. of them. Well, you know, it's funny. So there's four things <clears throat> that I do for St. Patrick's day or season. I should say pretty much every year. There's the shamrock run. We have a big party that's actually coming up next week. There is the first ward parade, which is a parade that a lot of people go to. And I enjoy there's the actual pub crawl on St. Patrick's day. Me and a bunch of friends go get drunk and we go walk to probably 15 different bars. And then the, the, the parade is actually downtown is the one thing I don't do. Sometimes uh -huh. we'll have a party that morning and we'll start celebrating and partying, whatever you want to call it, but never end up actually making it to the parade, which, by the way, I feel like a hypocrite this year. I'm talking about all this great stuff going on in Buffalo for St. Patrick's Day. Not going to be here. When you guys are just. Uh... Oh, I'm going to Florida. So I'm not even going to be here for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. What year. are you talking about? Bailing on us. Um. Yeah. Like when you guys are just hanging out, celebrating this for a long period of time, do you just like hang out with like boiled vegetables? Like what do you guys do to celebrate? Or you just like have like boiled Straight. potatoes hanging around? And Straight, play Irish music. I love Irish music, by the way. I can listen to Irish music year round. Don't need yeah. to be St. Patrick's Day for that. You know what else is something that I didn't really know existed, but it's like real big here is like little the families have kids that do the Irish traditional Irish dancing. Yeah, the jig. Yeah, yeah. It's like real big around here. I've never seen it before yeah. in my life. So. It's really I cool, didn't realize man. how Irish Buffalo was. It, very Irish. But like yeah. I said, I'm I'm a hypocrite. I won't be here. I'm gonna be in Florida from March 15th to 20th, which by the way, I done fucked up, man. Um my wife is going there for work and talk kind of I don't want to say she talked me in words to make it sound like you know, putting her on the spot here. I I elected to go, but what I forgot about, forget about St. Patrick's Day. What I did forget about is that. March 15th is the opening uh, of NFL free agency. 
Sorry, in Florida. I know, but I got all my shit in here. You know, you know, a couple emergency pods. Go mobile, bro. You, down you do shit. live. I could. I could. And I might. I'm definitely going to be doing a podcast. I was thinking about only doing audio stuff when I was in Florida, but maybe I'll bring the video stuff and uh and go there. By the way, quick programming note, too. So this is dropped on Tuesday. Typically, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Aaron was all about bouncing around, not knowing what day it is when he's on the show. We're going to do Wednesdays for a while, at least with Aaron anyway. And starting March 22nd, this will be the third straight year we've done this. Um, we're going to do mock drafts. I, I really like doing this exercise with you every year. I feel it's fun. I, I feel like we learn a lot about some of these players and trends, and I feel like some of them hold up really well. So I'm going to have Aaron on after this week on Wednesdays. Like I said, this is dropped on Thursday. If you happen to be in the South Buffalo area tonight, Thursday night, um, stop on up to Imperial Pizza uh, on Abbott Road. Going to be taping a live show. In fact, we're live streaming. I've never done a live stream, Aaron, in, uh, I don't know, three years of having some sort of video. So that's going to change. We're going to be live streaming these shows on Thursday nights. And I'm going to have Houston Texans defensive end, Buffalo born, Damone Harris. He's going to be with me. So if you happen to be in the area in South Buffalo, make sure you stop up. We'll be there around 7. I think the show is going to start around 8. Um, Come say hello to Damone, man. Really good kid from Buffalo. Man, Super Bowl champion. I, I I just love that shit. Having a, a football player there, Imperial is definitely going to earn their, in the food cost, uh, they might earn their uh, <laughs> sponsorship of the podcast through what he can put down, man. I yeah. bet he can put down some pizza and wings. For sure. One more quick thing, and then we're going to get to uh, some football talk here. Going to have this quick little segment. I'm going to call it an old school billboard blast. I didn't even tell you about this. Yeah, We're going to put up a Billboard Top 10 music chart from some year back in the day and see if these songs that you recognize and if you like any of them. Let's do this week is going to be our How Billboard How far back blast. in the day are we going? I wanted, this is the top 10 okay. singles for the week ending February 27th, 1993. So we're talking 30 years ago. Nine today. years old. 30 years ago old. today. How old's Pat in 93? Uh, older than I want to admit. 21. 21? No, hold on. Yeah, no. 20, yeah. You're an old-ass man, Pat. I am an old-ass man. Let me run down this top 10 for people Let's who go. are listening and not watching. And again, this is exactly 30 years ago. 10, um, Informer by Snow. 9, Hip Hop Array. Dotty by Nature. 8, Saving Forever for You from Shanice. That was from the Beverly Hills soundtrack. I love yeah. that song, by the way. Um, number 7 is 7 by Prince and the New Power Generation. 6, Mr. Wendell, Arrested Development. Five, Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre. Four, I'm Every Woman, Whitney Houston. Three, Ordinary World, Duran Duran. Two, A Whole New World from uh, People Bryson and, and Regina Bell. And then number one, which felt like it was number one forever. Mm. I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Oh, you look at that uh, that mm -hmm. list there. Anything, any of those songs year, that dude, you finally 90s. remember? Oh, my God, I remember them all. Uh I love music, Pat, and the '90s uh, is where my like nostalgia drug. '90s music is sure. totally my nostalgia drug. Informer, fantastic. I remember Hip Hop Hooray would come on the bus, and the the whole bus would just go nuts. Bunch of dumb kids just. Do, I mean, you could love it. Mr. Wendell, still to this day, like I listen to a lot of Arrested Development still to this day. Uh, some of my favorite music, hip hop music of the '90s, still really hits for me. Um, yeah, I'm every woman. I told you the other day, both I'm every woman. I will always love you. Uh, my birthday, it must've been 92. It actually came out that album. I think, uh, it must've come out in 92. I got a CD player from my parents. I had a birthday at the ground round and it was nuts. Crazy. Great birthday. I got a CD player and I got the shy CD, a shy single, uh, that had, uh, uh, baby, I'm yours, and what, their other Comforter song was on that. Comforter, oh, yeah. If I ever fall in love, I never ever fall in love. Shit, uh, I got that CD and the Bodyguard soundtrack, and dude, like the Bodyguard soundtrack is just like quintessential, like core funded foundation memories for me of just listening to that on repeat on my CD player. I also got a little genie lantern, like a little one that you rub and it give you an answer, like a magic eight ball. A whole new world one of the first movies i ever saw in a movie theater so 93 was a big year 92 93 was a big year for me and a lot of these songs really resonate for me uh i'm sure for you too 
Yeah, and you look at this list and you can really start to see by the early 90s the trend of hip-hop music becoming so much more mainstream mm -hmm. where it's in the Billboard Top 10. I mean, you look at this Top 10 list from 30 years ago and four of these are, are hip-hop songs. Some of them, though, are like I can, Informer, even though the lyrics for it now are like, wow, I probably, as I age kid, I probably shouldn't have been listening to it, but it was just so fun and reggae-y. Hip-hop hooray was like a fun anthem-y thing. Nothing but a G thing sitting there, I think, is really what's revolutionary because that was like hardcore funk. The stuff Dre and Snoop was talking about at the time, like now it doesn't seem all that bad in hip-hop, but what they were saying at the time, like being on the radio and having a bunch of white kids from the suburbs. Sure. Like screaming that stuff out as an anthem. I mean, Snoop's album was called Doggy Style. Like I had that. My parents like... And back then when Bart Simpson saying don't have a cow man was like a big deal on the news for that to be on the billboard like that. was That's I didn't love West Coast hip hop, but kind of seeing that in hindsight, like that's pretty revolutionary being up there in mainstream at the time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Before we talk about Leslie Frazier, by the way, you know, we talk about you and Greg having a show every week on Cover One. Great show, obviously. But something that you've been doing on Fridays for a while now, Friday mornings, is uh, the Cover One Spaces. Is that something you're going to continue to do this off season going forward now? And I like that show because it's an opportunity. You know, a lot of people whether they're watching or, or whether they're listening to this show, to you and Greg, you know, they're consumers and they're consuming what you have to say. Your show on Friday, the Twitter spaces is an opportunity for people to actually sound off and be able to, to get on the show and, and be able to voice their opinion as well. I, I like that concept. I like what you do on with that. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, we are going to continue to do it. I think one thing that we've learned uh, through years of doing this is there really is no days off with Bill's content creation. So nope. There's always news. There's always something to talk about. So we're going to continue to do it. We've really enjoyed it. Um, and I think, well, hold on. Sorry. 
we're both going through colds here, man. It's it's just it's, Dude, my ne- kids, it's never ending, man. It's, it's never been ending. just uh, constant itch in my throat uh, for weeks. But um, we started it just because we didn't have enough spaces on our platform for all the content contributors we have. We have a ton of writers, people who want to have podcasts, but maybe don't have time. So I wanted to create this forum. We did it on Bill's Football Friday in the morning because I thought there was a little bit of extra time here to get excited. Everybody's ramping up sure. to the game, and I thought people would want to come in. We were met with a better reception, I think, than I anticipated. Then uh, Chris Kepner, my our producer of Cover One Buffalo, who co-hosts that with me, um, it was more successful than we had assumed. We've been putting it out on YouTube. We get a really great conversation over there in the comments section. People are enjoying it, um, and we've gained content creators. We just Joe DeRosa on Twitter. He was a guy that was popping in, and he had really great takes every single week. Really well thought out, delivered it really well. I ran over to Eric. Eric's like, yeah, I heard him too. Like go reach out and see if he wants to be a content, like see if he ever wanted to be a, on a podcast or whatever. And so it's a platform for us to almost like a farm system uh, of yeah. cover one where we can kind of try new things out. And it is laid back. You know me, Pat, you've been doing enough shows with me where I don't have a lot of structure. I just want to go on and talk bills. And that is the ultimate version. Like I don't even have to put a camera, do anything. Uh, I just set up, I get online and I start shooting the shit with bills fans. I like it. Uh, it's a cool forum. We haven't had too many people come in and anything over the top. Some guy tried to get a Jerry Sullivan conversation. We was like, oh, Jerry actually was right about women. And we had just booted them. Um, but luckily for us, I think cover one has built up. People know who we are. We've been doing this long enough where they know who we are. And we're definitely not for everybody. But if you follow us, you're probably in the similar line of thinking as us, which some people think that's homers and rose colored glasses. But I like to think it's we're fairly objective, level-headed folks. And so I think the conversation remains that way. We, it's a lot of our followers and a lot of people that are specifically looking for that kind of content. Uh, that was my big concern was we were going to get on and we would have a bunch of the really crazy, angry WGR callers coming in and trying to rile up a conversation, which I'm not super interested in that kind of Bill's talk personally. I just want to have like, let's talk about the flaws, but have a reasonable, intelligent conversation. And I think it's worked out so far. Hopefully we are able to maintain that and people enjoy that product. But thank you for, for talking about it. We're taping this Wednesday. It's roughly around 10 a.m. right now. I'm prefacing that because you were jet lagged, especially yesterday and had stuff going on. Typically we would have been taping this, or at least for the time being anyway, on Tuesday mornings. Mm-hmm. Had we been taping on Tuesday morning, we probably would have just got done or no, actually it happened literally minutes before we would have been. taping. It would have been like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, So the the bills announced a bunch of coaching moves, not going to really get into them all on the podcast today. Listen to, uh, you know, um, Greg and Aaron and and they'll break some of these moves down more. The big one, of course, is that uh, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, really out of the blue, Aaron um, Mm -hmm. said that, uh, you know, or they announced that he's taking the year off from coaching. He's not done coaching. And that was, you know, pretty telling for me as well. It's not like he's mulling his future over. It's not like he's contemplating retirement and going to see how this year goes. It's pretty evident that he's taking this year off and that he plans on returning in uh, 2024. I don't know. What mm-hmm. what were your initial? And we'll talk about some of the high points and some of the low points sure. of Leslie Frazier's tenure here in just a minute. But like. When you first hear this news, what were mm-hmm. some, you know, what were a couple of your initial thoughts? Because again, this kind of came out of nowhere and very late in the process for for this to happen. What are you thinking when you hear this? Yeah. So one of the reasons I think people call me such a homer in rose colored glasses is I I don't think there's been a maybe more staunch stat uh, whatever word uh, supporter of Leslie Frazier over the past few years. I've advocated highly that he should be. I don't know that he necessarily should have been the choice for head coach for any particular position. But I think in all those articles that people wrote every single year where there was some up and coming guy, Leslie Frazier deserves just as much as anyone in the NFL to be in consideration to be a head coach of an NFL franchise. I still believe that to this day, even though there is some indicators of failures along the way and criticisms that you can give him. Uh, But ultimately where, when this news broke uh, my immediate reaction was like one, I've been prepared that Leslie Frazier was going to leave at some point. He's an older coach. 
uh, that he was in consideration for head coaching jobs at some point. We thought that he would get one uh, maybe a year ago, two years ago. So I've already prepared in my mind that at some point he could retire, they could part ways. So it wasn't a total shock to the system of like, oh, we can't live without this coach. Luckily, Sean McDermott's a defensive coach. I think that also helps. There's a little bit of unknown of how much influence Sean McDermott had over Leslie Frazier also. So I was kind of interested to see how that plays out. I said at the end of the season with Greg on our show, right after the loss, that I understood people's willingness to get rid of Leslie Frazier and to move on from it. My take was if they come to some agreement or Leslie parts ways or Leslie retires, I think that would be the best case scenario where there was a mutual parting of ways. And so for the, for me, this news really played out best case scenario. I do think there needs to be some new voice. I don't need to think it needs to be as dramatic as a lot of people think that the changes that need to be happening on this defense. I do think it's time we've seen maybe it play out and max out under Leslie Frazier. And so I think that this is a good problem to have and it was handled seemingly in the best way possible where both sides are fine. Nobody's burned bridges. It didn't have to be a firing. There doesn't have to be some dramatic new hire to come in. It, it is and I think that it will be not enough of a change that satisfies fans. There's obviously a lot of people happy, but also is good for the Bills long term. And this, the timing is weird for me. You know, had this happened sooner after the season, I would have said that this is maybe a classy way of the Bills moving on from Leslie Frazier or vice versa. At the end of February, um, by the way, it's also worth noting, he was at, I think it was Joe Biscaglia from The Athletic, asked Brandon Bean flat out and, and said, if Leslie Frazier wanted to be coaching, would he be the defensive coordinator? And Brandon Bean said yes. Yeah. So it's not like, at least according to, if you take him at his word, what he said, which, you know, with GMs, it is lion season, man. I'm going to point that out. I know that typically means draft. I, I have had conversations. We're not, we don't source stuff or anything like that, but I've had conversations with people that, like Sean McDermott doesn't want Leslie Frazier not on this coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like he leans on him a lot, whether what, regardless of how you feel, they wanted Leslie Frazier to be the defensive coordinator of this team. I don't think this was a lot of people were speculating that this was the bills forcing this to get the change they wanted. I really think this is more, I, we forget sometimes that these people are, are human beings. The Chad Hall, when Chad Hall thing happened, people just immediately rushed to the conclusions that there was a problem within the Bills organizations instead of that his family wanted to get back to Florida. And this was an opportunity for things outside of the game of football to line up right. Like I took time off from podcasting. I went away for a whole summer from doing this stuff. I think that is where Leslie's at. I don't think this was a new decision for Leslie. I think he's been mulling over where he wants to be. I think he also has seen similar to Eric B right now has seen there's a lot of things going against him in his pursuit of becoming a head coach. And regardless of how you think he is as a coach, he's well-respected around the league, but there seems to be, he has hit a wall where having a really, really good defense in Buffalo hasn't been enough under a defensive head coach to put him over the top. Same with Eric Bianami. That's been a knock against him. People don't know if it's him or Andy Reid calling the plays. Well, now he's gone to a position where maybe he can establish himself as I'm not just Andy Reid. I can do this stuff by myself. I wonder if that plays a role into it. We don't, there could be health things at his age that play a role into it. We do not know. Yeah, he's not um, young. I mean, he's 63. He's not terribly old, but you no, know, it's not young either. Yes. And coaching's a grind. Dude, I think like a lot of people will say stuff like, oh, this this bench player quarterback should just become a coach. And it's like one, they get paid more to just be a practice squad player than they do as an entry level coach. And the hours that these coaches put in and the grind that they put in and the sacrifice of not being with their family, uh, it isn't just during the football season. It is a legitimate grind. So I understand maybe taking a year off, stepping back. It's not going to hurt his uh, ability. We saw Vic Fangio's come right back into the league and be sought after. I think when Leslie Frazier, his contract comes up, it, it isn't with Buffalo. There is going to be a team that sure. is going to want to bring him in as a defensive coach. We don't realize how good of the things that we have. It's the same conversation around Tremaine Edmonds. If Tremaine Edmonds goes to another team and they overpay for him or we consider overpaying, they're going to sell that as their big splash free agent. The fans are going to celebrate it. Here in Buffalo, we're going to, Good riddance. He sucks. It's like a weird perspective that we have of the things that we have ourselves. Good point. I would say this about Leslie Frazier, too. I agree with you. I, I think 100%. If he takes this year off, which he is, and he comes back next year, he'll be sought after. 
Absolutely 100%. Not just about X's and O's. This guy is very well respected and liked in the locker room. And that matters when it comes to coaching. Former Broncos receiver, played for a couple other teams, Brandon Marshall. I don't know if you heard it. He basically said the Bills are done. I mean, that's a little bit extreme. I don't, yeah. Without Leslie Frazier, he says this team's done. I'm like, all right, let's just relax a little bit. A little Keyshawn Johnson imitation there with yeah. that bullshit. But anyway, look, when it comes to Leslie Frazier, I understand both sides. I truly, truly do. Because the highs have been really high with the Bills defense, and the lows have been um, really low. Let me recap a couple of these numbers here. So since Leslie Frazier took over, and he was with the Bills for six years, over the last four years. Longest been, tenured defensive coordinator in the NFL up until Yeah, yep, yesterday. yep. Over the last four years, in 2019, so they've been second in points, third in yards, 2020, 16th in points, 14th in yards. And then two years ago, first in points, first in yards. And then they followed it up last year, second in points, six in yards. This defense has been good, really good for the most part. But then you get to the three playoff losses. It's not the end all be all. I yeah. understand that. And it's also a little bit slanted because all playoff games matter. And I'm not bringing up some of the playoff wins because they have won a couple games over the last few years where the defense played really good, especially against Baltimore um, two years ago. But anyway, you look at these last three playoff losses, Aaron, mm-hmm. going back to 2020, 38 points, 439 yards, 29 first downs, six of 10 on third downs. Two years ago, 42 points, 552 yards, 30 first downs, eight of 13 third down conversions allowed. And Kansas City held the ball for 37 minutes. And then last year, 27 points, which isn't horrible, but 412 yards, 30 first downs, six of 10 on third downs and 34 minutes uh, of time of possession. It's just, look, the numbers speak for themselves, man. And there are three elimination playoff losses. This defense has just been absolutely rolled, man. 89 first downs in these three playoff losses. They've given up 89 first downs, and they allow 20 of 33 third down conversions, which is almost 61%. They couldn't Mm -hmm. get off the field. They couldn't make plays on defense. I don't know how much of that's on Leslie Frazier. They also played good offenses. I get that. That needs to matter as well. I don't know. Where do you fall in this? You have a really good defense, so I understand the pro Frazier people. But you also, you have to, even if you don't like it, you got to give some respect to the people who are low on Leslie Frazier because of Mm -hmm. how they've lost these last three years. It's not like they've lost. They were in 17-13. I mean, the defense has really shit the bed three straight years when they've lost in the playoffs. Well, I think there's uh, I, I don't want to get into like a long diatribe on this. It's there's a lot that goes into us. I think if you look at all teams playoff losses, you're going to find some gaudy statistics against mm-hmm. them. I, I, I'm a believer that uh, you need a good defense to win regular season games to get that uh, AFC. You want to win the AFC East, right? You want to get home field advantage. I think you have to have a, su- a level of defense that can win you some of those games. We've seen the Bills defense literally keep the offense in games throughout a regular season when the offense has been sputtering you need an elite offense to win playoff games you mm-hmm. that's where you need that quarterback that's where you need those playmakers and so I, the best of the offenses are going to put up points even against really good defenses when it comes time for the playoffs i think there's some context in these losses they're bad they are the last three one of them was the greatest game ever played and kansas city defense in that loss also looked atrocious sure. like they looked absolutely terrible and their numbers don't match up real well um and that was the 524 yards of offense so yes in that small sample size when you include that that's almost half the yardage that people are highlighting it was one football game and it was the greatest football game ever and the bills were within very slim margins of being the winner and, and victorious in that game so yeah the defense sucked um the other ones I think are very similar to what uh, other teams playoff losses are. If you take the chiefs last three playoff losses and they're not all under Spagnola, uh, but they had given up 35 points for four and 400 yards, 20 points and 300 yards, 20 points and 349 yards. Like those, they aren't giving up as many points necessarily. And they aren't as the biggest shootouts, but like they're still giving up yards. They're still giving up first downs. The defense doesn't play great. Right. Um, and I think if you look, throughout teams that are losing those big games, you'll see really good offensive performances on the other side of the football. Uh, I do. I am willing to give those criticisms that I don't like the way the defense was called in some of these games. I don't like the way they, I think they leaned too much into the scheme. 
also think some of that is on Sean McDermott. I've heard directly that it wasn't just Leslie that overcoached these moments and that wanted to put a per, such a perfect defense in and make players overthink. And if this player's doing that, you got to do this instead of just letting guys go out there and play. That's my biggest criticism of this coaching staff is in these moments, they're not just letting players play and they are overcoaching things. I think you can have valid criticisms without being like, we got to just trash this all. None of this is working. We got to start over. I think small tweaks, minor things that I have to get better at. Um, again, I think there's some context in these three losses. It's not all on Frazier. The defense does look bad in those moments, but you can't just say the regular season and all of the success that they had also doesn't matter because of three games. That also isn't fair. Um, I don't know. Ultimately, I think fans seem to be happy he's gone. They seem to think now either Sean McDermott's going to be exposed or he will, will see that he is good and Leslie Frazier sucks. So I think there will at least see some answers in this case. But no matter what, the league is going to be an offensive league, right? At the end, you're going to face the best quarterbacks are going to be. Deep, the deeper you go in the playoffs, it's going to be Joe Burrow. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes you're going to put up the, these guys are going to put up points against your team. So your offense has to overperform against theirs. And yes, you want to get a few more stops, add a few more wrinkles, do some of that stuff. And hopefully the defense performs better uh, again and to kind of dial it back to Pat this past year, there has to be some added context of losing three all pro players and having sure. an all pro players sort of come back and trade white. Like the loss of on Miller was incredibly substantial and it shows up in the metrics of this team losing Micah Hyde. I mean, and then losing DeMar Hamlin going into the playoffs and you're playing really fifth string safeties against the best passing offenses in the NFL. Like there was also some context there that they were a wounded unit, not the same unit that they were early in the season. That's also hard to overcome when you're playing these big time potent offenses. There's some context there that was also missing in how we judge it. Absolutely. And I mean, not to mention Trey White was a shell of what he was before the injury and Jordan Poyer was hurt half the year and that Oliver missed time and Jordan Phillips missed time. Absolutely. Injuries. That's Jones was out for that game. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a big, and that was a big loss too, by the way. Um, I saw one stat. I'm not a big stat guy for the most part, but this was from the Buffalo news talking about how they were, the bills defense was much more conservative this year under Frazier. Um, they rushed five or more men at their lowest rate in his tenure, 17.3% of opponents' dropbacks, according to the Buffalo News charting. The Bills ranks 26th in blitz rate, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, I don't know if that means anything. I just felt like throwing that out yeah. there, to be honest, be honest with you. Here's my my bottom line, and I agree with you about McDermott if he if he is the one who ends up taking over to play call. And low in fairness to Sean, he might be taking over a defense that doesn't have Jermaine Emmons or Jordan Poyer. And that's, uh, you know, that's not nothing. But when it comes to Frazier, the Bills defense during his tenure really feasted on lesser quarterbacks, especially in rookie quarterbacks. And that's mm-hmm. not an insult. That might sound like an insult. It's not because a lot of these rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks have good games against certain teams. They were, mm-hmm. it was barely ever against the Bills, though. They, they beat the teams they were supposed to, they played well when they were supposed to. And again, that's not a backhanded compliment. I legitimately mean that as a compliment because a lot of these teams get off against other good teams, but it didn't happen against the Bills. Fell apart some in the playoffs. I'm going to be honest with you. Not just his fault. Absolutely Sean McDermott's fault. And uh, God, it pains me to even talk about 13 seconds anymore. But I never, I still have never, I don't think I ever gotten over that fully, to be honest with you, just because I felt like that was the Bills' year to go to the Super Bowl and probably win it. And a couple terrible defensive calls at the end of the game. And then Sean McDermott calls timeout and doesn't change them. So I don't know who to blame, but this, the, the coaching kind of lost me a little bit at that point. I like Leslie Frazier. I think it was time to move on. Yeah. I'd like to see if they can improve. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes a guy just runs his course. You know what I'm saying? And it's not really an insult on him at all. No, and I think that's where they probably came to, right? Like he yeah. probably also feels that, which is why it, there's no benefit to him continuing to be just a good coordinator. Yeah. Um, real quick, so you were on vacation last week. Um, I'm sure you and Greg will talk about it. Plus, we're going to find out soon enough what happens with Jermaine and with, with, um, with Jordan Poyer as well. But I ran a poll last week on Twitter regarding Jermaine Edmonds, and, and the question was if the Bills – He's going to get a big contract from somewhere. And I said, would you be happy if it was the Bills who give it to him? 
and about a thousand people voted, Aaron, literally 50, 50. That's how divided it was. It was 50.2 said yes. 49.8 said no. So it was literally or virtually a 50, 50 split bills fans. If it's going to be a big contract and guess what? It is going to be a big contract. Mm -hmm. If you want to remain back. I can't remember something being so evenly split like that. Bills fans, how they feel about Tremaine. Pretty much 50-50 if they want him back or not at the price that he's going to get. Pretty pretty incredible. It is incredible. Honestly, like, uh, I won't lie. That makes me feel a little bit good that it's 50-50. I would have expected it to be like 70-30 in favor of not and not doing a move with Tremaine because that's how it feels. The conversation about Tremaine is uh, mostly seems negative to me, but maybe that's just how I see it. And then and, and the feed that I get, um, we've been, most of us at cover one have been defenders of Tremaine Edmonds game. I, in the free agency have made it a point that this, he's the top priority to me in terms of who we're going to be resigning. Uh, I do think it's going to be a contract that most fans, uh, that, that the ones that didn't like him are definitely going to hate it and judge him by it. Um, I think a lot of fans are going to feel uncomfortable when they see the deal in terms of the, what goes across the ticker tape. Mm -hmm. I think Greg Thompson, my co-host has done a good job of showing that we can make something that looks real big and matches up with some of those big time deals, but maybe is not as difficult to manage as it seems. It will be an overinvestment in linebackers in terms of comparison to their peers league wide. I sort of, I sort of hate this idea where it's like we can't invest more than the league average at a certain position because it doesn't take into context really all your overall talent of your roster and where you are saving in certain areas already anyway. Um, every roster is different, but all the buckets aren't the same. It doesn't have to be comparisons like that. I get what people say because the Bills have such limited resources that they their idea is we can live with a hole on defense. Defense doesn't matter. They failed in, in the main spots anyway. Um, let's just take that money and invest in offense. The NFL is all about offense. So let's just pour gas on the fire and go. I am still a believer very much. So I want to add to what they have in terms of weapons. I really want to add to what they have in terms of offensive line. I don't think not paying Tremaine or I think the you don't, there's no money that you're going to take from Tremaine. There's not a lot of offensive linemen out there. There's going to be some guys that get paid well. I don't think they're going to match the value of the contract. I don't love this free agency class. I don't think it's one that you want to really get into overpaying a lot of these guys. Like, There's no wide receiver in my mind that you're going to overpay that's going to really put the bills over the top as this crazy, explosive, amazing offense. And so I understand the idea of like, hey, let's take those resources and apply them to the to the offensive side of the ball. I just don't see it in free agency. I think there's going to be opportunities to do it in the draft. I think that you can maintain the floor of the offense, which is still a super good offense. I can drop 30 on any team. I like the weapons they have. I want to see the increased growth of guys that they already have in the building. I like those guys. Uh, I want to find more creative ways to get them the ball. That's what I'd rather see the improvements of the offense is can Kendorsey get these guys the ball in space and allow them to be the playmakers that we believe that they are. Let's fix the offensive line. I'm fine making that investment in the defense. Like I said, I believe defense matters more than people say. I do think it helps the regular season to get to the goals you want, winning the AFC title, getting a home field advantage. Defense plays a role in that. I think in the end, offense needs to outperform in the off and in the postseason. Uh, your defense has to perform well. I just think losing Tremaine is a huge hole. Sean McDermott talked about it. You don't really replace the the player he is or the person he is. And then what the thing that I keep coming back to is if he goes somewhere else, that's maybe the biggest splash free agency signing in football. Like the age that he's at, the ascension that he's going towards, the play that he does that coaches see, but fans don't always see it doesn't translate into the box score. Most teams are going to sell that to their organization as a huge splash free agency of a, the middle linebacker that has been the leader of one of the best defenses in the NFL year over year. And he's young, like he's younger than some guys that are still in their rookie deals. You have an opportunity for this guy to play through his prime. They're going to sell that to their fan base. Great. The bills are going to have to like chalk it up and sell it to their fan base as like, I know we overpaid or whatever, but the, we, we want to keep the continuity and it just, it's a weird we don't judge our team and our roster and our players as the rest of the league does. We just judge them by their flaws that we see way more than everyone else. Real quick, forget about what you hope or what you think the Bills should do. We're going to find out in about two weeks. Two weeks from mm -hmm. now, we might know where Jermaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer both end up. 
What does your gut tell you at this point? Do you do you see one or both of them back in Buffalo, or do you see them both somewhere else? I've never seen Poyer back um, as much as I would love it, especially now that there's so much unknown with the safety position. We heard Brandon Bean talk about DeMar Hamlin still visiting specialists, the team still visiting specialists with him. We do not know what his plan is, if he'll be able to play. That's a huge unknown for the position. Uh, he talked about, we heard Sean McDermott talk about the everybody's assuming Christian Benford is just going to move to safety and that's going to be a transition. He's going to start camp at cornerback and they're going to slowly see if that's something that works. So that's not a plan either. Uh, so I would love to have Jordan back. It just doesn't seem like with some of his comments recently, wanting to avoid taxes, uh, wanting to see the sunshine more. I think he would welcome coming back to Buffalo, but he isn't going to give a hometown discount. He's going to let the market find its way. I think some one of these teams, a team like Houston, maybe it's Miami, is going to give him the deal he wants in a better situation for his family, what they want. I just don't see it working out. Tremaine, I think an offer is already on the table, and I think it's way bigger than fans want to see. And I think it's a really uh, probably good offer for Tremaine and his team. I won't be shocked if it like the day before free agency, we see he it just signs because he, there's tampering happening right now, right? Like we, he knows the deals that other teams have out for him here in Indy. They're, they're, his agent's talking to people. So he'll know sort of what that market is. I think if, if the bills are bringing him back, I think it happens immediately, maybe the day before free agency or one of the first things you hear on free agency. If it leans into free agency and we're like a few hours deep, I'm going to start getting nervous that there's a team out there ready to blow him away with an offer that he can refuse and the bills can't just, they, they're just going to be turning their wheels and that middle linebacker position is going to be really in flux. I, um, I honestly don't know. I re- I really truly do not know. I would have said a couple of weeks ago, I would 85% Tremaine's back. I honestly don't know. I also would have said 99% Poyer's gone. I still ultimately think he might be gone, but I also think that he might be driving the price up a little bit. And, and that safety bill, market's interesting too yeah, with veteran safeties is. right now. It is. It is. I, I think there's a chance. I think there's a better chance of Poyer coming back than I thought there was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that he's going to. This might also be the first year we hear about every year where the Bills might do a little bit of comp pick hunting. You know, you lose Tremaine, you lose Poyer, and you just sign a couple of cut guys, low-key free agents. You're talking definitely a third round comp pick next year for Tremaine. And uh probably maybe a or would it be two years down the road? No, it's, it would be I, the next year. It would be the next year. I don't think they'll necessarily go hunting. I think they'll just be in a position where well, somebody like Bobby Wagner who's gonna get who's cut, you know, they, they wouldn't cost him anything in the comp pick formula to, to sign him. Well, Say they might let these guys walk and pick up maybe a third and a fourth round comp pick. Finally. I, yeah, I don't think here. they're going to hunt for it. I think it it, it will be a um, byproduct of losing those guys. I don't think that they're going to be able to replace the contracts or levels of player. And I do think that there's an opportunity, like you said, to get a cut player in place to maybe yeah. absorb some of the blow. But I, they don't want those picks more than they want the players. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I agree. All right, real quick, then we're going to get to our finish the sentence here. The Buffalo Bills released some stadium renderings mm-hmm. um, a couple days ago. If you're watching on YouTube, just going to throw these up here real quick. I think there was like three or four uh, renderings, the latest. I don't know. You're just your real quick uh, take when you look at these. Did he do anything for you? Personally, I mean, great. You know, cool. Don't really. Yeah, I'm the same way. It looks like a generic <laughs> state architectured stadium design that you see on many of these sites. It's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to get excited about this stuff. I'm really I'm not either. Man. I don't care. <laughs> I'm glad the bills are staying in Buffalo. I understand why. I, some, I know why some. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're staying if it's in, for you, not going to be a roof. So whatever. At that if, point, if it's for you, I'm excited for you. And I, I hope that you enjoy that stuff. Not, nothing I saw was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be part of that. Yeah. All right. Let's finish with our weekly uh, finish the sentence. There's going to be three of these. I'm going to run these by Aaron. And then he's going to, uh, well, like I said, pretty self-explanatory. Finish the sentence. Um. Let's start here. Something that seems easy for a lot of people, but is difficult for me is blank. Using chopsticks is, uh, <laughs> and it's crazy. I love <clears throat> all food that you would use chopsticks with. I can't, and I've tried, I wanted to learn it. My brain, it just doesn't function with my brain and my hands. I can't do it. My wife's tried to teach me. It just doesn't make sense. I can't, I, I just I think I'm incapable. I don't think I've ever even tried to use chopsticks. I I, I don't I, I don't like Chinese food for whatever reason. I don't I don't know why. I'm, I'm not going to get no diatribe. I've talked about this before many times. Just losing weight, man. It's just especially my face and my neck. It makes me sick, and 
I try so hard and it's just some people get five, seven pounds. If they could just go one week with eating and drinking well, it falls off them. I got to work. I got to be almost perfect to lose weight at my age in this point in my life where, and then I have one bad day. I lose it all back in, uh, in, in one day. So anyway, that's for me. All right, let's move on here. Uh, a popular show I've never watched, but may give a, I spelled a twice there. A popular right. show I've never watched, but may give a look at soon is blank. So for this one, actually, I had to look up like what people consider popular shows. And I was at, I was pretty surprised in most of the lists that I'd seen or at least viewed most of them. Um, cause there was a lot of shows that I might go back and watch where I like watched it a little bit and it didn't hit the first time and everyone says they love it. Maybe I should check it out, but you're saying specifically that I've never watched. And so the one for me, let uh, me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that and probably won't change your answer, but I'll allow you. It could be a show that maybe you've watched very, very briefly to pay much attention and tune it out quick. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I might give secession another try because I hated it. I watched like two episodes and I thought it sucked. I thought it was terrible. I thought the comment, like the dialogue sucked. The character sucked. But a lot of people I like and respect and like what they like, they all think it's fantastic. But my answer for this of ones that I've never even watched that I probably should give a try 30 rock. Ooh, great show. It's, I hear it. I've heard it's wildly successful. Um, and the P I love comedy and like the comedy world and writers and different comedy writers. And it's loaded with talent, comedic talent on this, on this roster. I probably should check it out. And I never even seen a single show. I don't get any of the gifts associated to it or anything like that. So I should, I should probably check this one out. 30 rock is really good. Save your time with succession. I fucking hate that show. Plus it's, it's ending this season too. This is going to be, I think their fourth season they're doing and it's going to be their, their last season. It's a popular show too. I just I I watch Succession and now I'm hate watching it. You know I got to see what happens yeah. next, but nothing ever happens, and I just I hate that show. All right, here, man. Last one. Um, if I were a professional boxer or an MMA fighter, my ring entrance song would be blank. And I used to fantasize about stuff like this, like being a professional boxer coming into the ring, shit like that. Like if Aaron Quinn was coming into the ring right now with his entourage. And, and, you know, you want to get yourself hyped or, or the crowd hyped. What, what are you coming into? Well, first of all, I want to preface this with, like, there's absolutely zero chance that I'm a boxer or MMA person. <laughs> I'm the most <laughs> passivist human being maybe to ever mm. exist. Like, I have no desire to hit another human being <laughs> whatsoever or get hit. Don't want that. Um, <laughs> so I thought of it, though, in terms of, like, uh, I love basketball hype songs. Yeah, like, I used to love DMX. We used to come out to that in high school basketball and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mine would be, uh, and I think that the Bills should use maybe not the lyrics to the song, but the beat. It's so hard. And I don't know if you know it. It's Bonfire by Childish Gambino. If you don't know it, I'm gonna go to it get it on school. Spotify, dude. You, if you heard that thing coming over the, the Bill sound system, it would get everybody hyped. I love that song. So if I had to get hyped, to try to hit somebody that might be the song that gets me there. Mine would be, I think you probably know this one. I can't remember if it's from the late nineties or the early two thousands. And I know Mike Tyson actually came into this song once. Cause I remember watching it and I got hyped red man. Um, time for some action. Mm -hmm. That, that, beat that is hard. That song is great. Like I said, I'd be stealing it from Tyson because I know he used it once. Roy Jones was, jr. Had a hot track. Back Mr. Unstoppable. No, yeah. it was like, uh, yeah, I forget what the song was. Yeah. He was one, he was probably one of my favorite fighters of all time. Dude, he does not get a nod. Like, I, boxing's dead to me. I think <laughs> boxing's been dead for 20 years, but his, he might be the like last great his boxer. Pro his problem was he stayed way too long and his skills eroded and he kept fighting and then he started getting hit a lot and knocked out. Pound when for he pound, was in though. It, if Pound for Pound, when he was in his prime, he was too fast, he was too good. His he defense would have crushed me He got hit and he never got hit. Yo, he was weighed a lot more. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Roy Jones was one of the best fighters. Baddest dudes. He's yeah. a bad dude. <laughs> I've ever seen. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this show. Are you and Aaron uh, live on Wednesday night? I am Aaron, but Greg and I and are. And Greg, I do that all the time. Uh, yeah, no, I'm doing double duty today. We have another show uh, popping up here tonight. We are going to be talking about our sort of. Oh, it'll be, it'll be already on in podcast form, too, when people hear this. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys it'll talking be, about? Uh, 
we are talking about um, offensive free agents wish list kind of stuff. And this year we're doing a little different. Um, I had a comment the other day about my Goldilocks, Nate Davis being a Goldilocks kind of candidate where he's he's still young enough and still has enough development and will probably fall in a cheap deal. I think that's where the bills are now, where you have to find these deals that it's, hey, we got a young player that's maybe ascending. Maybe he's not the name you think he is. And so his value is going to be maybe more right for the bill. So we're trying to pinpoint some of those guys between Greg and I that we can really hyper-focus on as good value discount kind of scratch and dent bargain deals for the bills to get. Cause I, as bad as people think this roster is, I'm not there. I think they just need tweaks, maintaining the floor, keeping young guys in this roster. Um, so that's what we're going to be targeting and looking for on the offensive side of the ball. All right. Good stuff. And again, Twitter spaces Friday morning, follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, seven, one, six. He'll have a link for that as well. And again, one more time, if you're in the South Buffalo area, even if you're not, Stop up at Imperial Pizza. I'm going to be live tonight with Damone Harris. That will be, by the way, dropped in podcast form on Friday. This is the, the kickstart to my live from Imperial series. Thanks a lot, buddy. Always having fun. Or I, was, I hate, you know what? I hate doing the endings of podcasts. I am going to start pre-recording these outros because I always fuck them up. Anyway, uh, my man, Aaron right. Quinn. Always I appreciate you, my man. Take care, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.